Warning, the following content may contain adult language, crimes against children, crimes of a sexual nature, or sometimes extreme details of their crimes we report on. Please use discretion when listening. Welcome to Lies and Alibis. I'm Megan. And I'm Cam. Today we are telling you about a story that the media has not really reported on in one sister's fight for justice. This is a story of Emma Compton Lane. Emma was born in South Boston, Halifax County, Virginia on March 6, 1965 on a Saturday at 6.31 p.m. She was born to Carol and Sylvia Compton. Emma would share her birthday with her big sister, Shauna. This would always be something special between the two of them. Emma was raised with several siblings. In total, there were four Compton children. Wyona, who was the oldest, she was born December 13th of 56. Taza, who was born next on October 24th of 58. Then Shauna, who was born on March 6th of 1962. Following her would be Emma. Emma attended Zidnor Jennings Elementary School, Halifax County Junior High, both in Halifax County, and she graduated William Campbell High School in Campbell County, Virginia in June of 1983. Emma was a happy and loving little girl with curls like Shirley Temple. She worked at Big T in Brook Neal her senior year of high school, and after the graduation, she worked at Thomasville Furniture Factory until they closed. After Thomasville closed down, Emma worked in convenience stores. She loved people and was a firm believer that if anyone she met was having a bad day, she would make sure to leave them with a smile and feeling good about themselves. If it was nothing more than complimenting them on something small. The Compton family didn't grow up rich. They lived on their father's home place. Then in 1968, Carol Compton and Sylvia divorced and Carol was given custody. It was hard at times for the children without their mother, and their father was that old-school kind of strict. Growing up, the family farmed for a while, and then Carol went to work at Cotman's. Growing up, the children were given chores to do, mostly because the family had somewhat of a small zoo, according to Shauna. The family had a lot of animals, such as birds, pheasants, partridge, quail, duck, geese, chickens, coyotes, snakes, badgers, skunks, and even foxes. While their childhood wasn't easy, it also wasn't bad. Wyoming moved away early. Following his sister's lead, Taza ran away with the fair, leaving Emma, Shauna, and Carol to make their way in life. The first tragedy the Comptons experienced happened when their brother Taza was living in Florida. Taza had married a girl he met down there, and together the pair had a daughter. Their union did not last long before they split up due to her cheating. Around this time, Taza was hit by a drunk driver on May 29, 1983. The loss of Taza ripped the family to the bone. Taza was brought home and laid to rest in the Compton Lane Cemetery. Emma bought her first home in Naruna, Virginia when she was 19. She worked hard for everything she had. She married Randy Rourke and was married to him until he passed away in 1998. Things went seemingly smooth with nothing overly eventful happening until Carol Compton passed away on February 9, 2009 from Alzheimer's. Shauna had spent the whole time at the hospital with her father until one night 
Emma didn't have to work, and the pair stayed together with Carol. Luckily, Emma and Shauna would have each other on this night because this is when their father would pass away. As if losing their father wasn't bad enough, the Compton children then lost their stepfather, Arthur, in November of 2011. Up until she went missing, Emma owned the Cody store. Store owners in small towns tend to not only run the business from the back office, but also greet customers when they come in. 52-year-old Emma Compton Lane, owner of the Cody store convenience store in Cody, Virginia, was no exception. When you walked into the store, there was a big smile and she'd say, hey, how are you doing? According to her sister Shauna, Emma was always smiling. After the death of Emma's first husband, she married Russell Lane. Emma's family grew up knowing the Lane family. Shauna was in the same grade as Russell's brother and sister. Emma's brother Taza and Russell used to run around together. Emma and Russell get together sometime around 2000. When the two got together, Russell was driving a logging truck, hauling lumber for work. It has been said that Russell's buddies would be waiting when he came home on payday with their hands out, and Russell was known to hand out money. One day, Emma put a stop to it. If they wanted to borrow money, they had to put up collateral. Emma had helped Russell tremendously by doing that and it seemed as if Russell might actually be getting ahead. Emma had such a sense for business. Things began to unravel around December of 2002 when Emma called one of her sisters and told them that Russell had picked her up by her neck, threw her out of the door, and threw the Christmas tree out. Once her sister was there, she took Emma away to her place in Naruna. After staying with Emma as long as she could, her sister finally had to leave. It was comforting that things seemed okay as she left her sister behind. Emma was in her home, and he wasn't bothering her. Then in February 2003, it comes to light that Russell was hiding in the shadows at Emma's home. One day, as she was getting groceries out of her car, he came up behind her, put her in a chokehold, and drug her to his vehicle, threatening to kill her. With God watching over Emma, he actually changed his mind and took her home, even got her groceries out and brought them in for her. This story is no different from any other story when there is both love and abusive tendencies. Emma ended up finding herself reeled back into her old life with Russell. His son Jamie, by his first wife, had to have a kidney transplant. Russell went to donate the kidney. Each time he went, he was sent home because of high levels of crank in his system. Yeah, he almost killed his child. Twice. No, no, it's just like, actually, like, twice! The third time... The transplant was completed. Emma was good to Jamie. Emma was good to Jamie. Emma made sure that he was at all of his doctor's appointments and even made sure he had taken his medications. All the while, no one knew for sure if the issues were still continuing privately between Russell and Emma. When things were good, they were good for a while, but it was a manipulative pattern. Russell had actually been married two times before and they experienced similar patterns. All the while, no one knew for sure if the issues still continued privately between Russell and Emma. When things were good, they were good for a while, but it was a manipulative pattern. Russell had actually been married two times before and they experienced similar patterns from things I have heard from my sources. Another red flag came when Emma and Russell were getting married back in 2009. Emma found out that Russell was still married to his ex, a woman named Robin. In the end, a divorce was given and Emma married Russell again. 
The couple then bought the Compton's childhood home and donated it to the fire department and built a new home. Emma was so happy and so proud of her home. Soon Russell went to work for Brook Neal Poultry. Since it was such a small town, everything Emma did was under a microscope and people around town would report it back to her husband. If Emma did something sim- if Emma did something as simply as going to the food line, she could expect an angry phone call coming her way. Fast forward up to Christmas 2016. It was around this time that things had begun to get really bad. Emma had moved into the basement and had been there for about two to two and a half years. It seemed as if poor Emma just could not do anything right. That Christmas, the family all went up to Virginia and spent time together. During this time, Russell ranted and raved about wanting a divorce. In the divorce, Emma could keep the store and her childhood home. And he would get everything else. Emma wouldn't agree to it at first. Which makes sense. Together as a couple, they had acquired quite a large amount of real estate, rental properties, etc. What Russell was offering simply was not a fair deal. Finally though, in February 2017, Emma agreed to his terms. Russell Lane, Emma's husband at the time of her disappearance, has been said to have never really helped Emma with her store. She did it all on her own. Emma's main goal with the store was to run it and be able to give back to the community she and her siblings grew up in. If store patrons came in and were hungry and broke, Emma fed them. If someone needed fuel in their car to get back home, Emma would give her last dollar. She is remembered as being selfless and very special. Now, when customers enter her convenience store, they don't get the same warm welcome from Emma. In fact, they don't get a greeting from Emma at all. On Saturday, June 17th, Emma closed the store at 7 p.m., as she did every Saturday. Normally, by 7.30, she would have finished with closing duties and she'd have left for the day. On this particular day, however, Emma stayed at the store until 9.30 p.m. Sources close to the case say that Wyona said that she saw Emma's car there, but was just too tired and wanted to get home, so she didn't stop to see if Emma was okay. As far as the next day, Emma's store was always closed on Sundays. So, Emma told her family she'd spend that Sunday with their mom, Sylvia Whitlow McCurry. Emma had admitted her mom just two days earlier, but Emma never showed up to the hospital. The next morning, Sylvia called one of her other daughters, Shauna, to see where Emma was. The last contact Emma had with her sister Shauna was on Friday, June 16, 2017, and then a very, very brief call took place sometime on the 17th of June, the day that she was last seen. On Monday, June 19, 2017, when Shauna tried to call her sister, she didn't get an answer. At first, this didn't really alarm Shauna because Emma was known to catch up on sleep, catch up at the store, or even go pick things up for the store. Shauna knew that it was okay because she was going to get a text Monday morning. Shauna always called Sylvia, their mother, on Mondays at 8 a.m. But this time when she made the phone call, she knew something wasn't right. This is when she found out that no one could reach Emma and was asked to call Winona. She knew something wasn't right. This is when she found out that no one could reach Emma and was then asked to call Winona and get her to go down and check on Emma. When Shauna called Wyona at 
took a good 20 minutes of arguing before she agreed to go check on her sister. Shauna also made sure to tell Wayona to make sure that when she went down there in the basement to holler, so Emma would know it was her. This bit of information set Wayona off because she didn't have a clue Emma had been living in the basement for close to three years. This bit of information set Wayona off because she had no clue Emma had been living in the basement for close to three years. This seems This seems odd to me because while it's concerning she was living this way, it's not something to spend time being upset about when you need to go check on your sister's well-being. I don't know, though. Maybe it's just me. No, I definitely agree with you. I wouldn't. I would be mad later. I would definitely want to go check on her first. Yeah, like I'll be mad after I know you're okay. Absolutely. When Wyona got to Emma's home, she found a disturbing sight. Everything was there. Emma's credit card, clothes, car keys, cell phone, even her dog. Everything was in the basement, except Emma. Wyona then called Shauna very briefly and said there was no sign of Emma at all, but all her things were there. Her conclusion was Emma was with some guy in a hotel near Danville. This gives me a lot of questions. First off, like, seriously? A woman's going to have an affair. So, she lets the guy pick her up at home, and she takes nothing with her, leaving her cell phone behind? This doesn't really seem like a plausible theory at all. Especially after finding out that Emma's husband, Russell, was forever calling Emma at any time of the day or night. If she was trying to hide an affair, wouldn't she have her phone? While Shauna, who was living in Mississippi, was trying to find out what was going on with Emma, Wyona, who was there, would not really talk to her. Wyona just kept telling Shauna that she couldn't talk because Shauna was burning her minutes up. Attempting to offer a rational solution, Shauna told her sister to call her on Emma's house phone. Wyona refused and never called her sister back. Before the call ended, Shauna told her sister to call the law and Wyona refused. Tuesday morning, Sean called HCSD from all the way from her home in Mississippi. According to local police, the first call came through on June 20th around 10 or 11. Investigator J.M. Burton of the Halifax County Sheriff's Office is unsure why the family waited so long to call the police because they had been looking for her prior to making the call. Police would soon find out the answer to their question was a multi-pronged one. On top of Wyona being in Emma's home but refusing to call the law the day before, and with Sylvia already sick and in the hospital, no one wanted her to panic worrying for Emma, unless it was absolutely necessary. It would seem to be the family took the approach of worry when you, you it would seem to be the family took the approach of worry when you know you have a problem not before. Both Meg and I respect this. If a loved one is already sick, there is no need to stress their body out more than it already has until you know for a fact something is wrong. While on the phone, Shauna told police Emma was missing. Little did many people know, Shauna had already called Russell that Monday morning and asked him did he have an errand for Emma to run. And his reply to her simply was, Oh, she's gone off with somebody. She'll be back this evening. Deep down, Shauna knew that was a lie because Emma wasn't allowed to go anywhere with anyone but her mother, Sylvia. Emma wasn't allowed friends. She went to the store, home, errands for Russell, and a few places to get things for the store. Emma 
basically went from point A to point B. That was her routine. Emma didn't just disappear. When investigator Burton was finally able to make contact with Emma's husband, Russell Lane, Russell informed law enforcement that he had a load and when he dropped it, he would be home sometime Wednesday. Seriously, dude, your wife is missing. Forget your load, come home, and help your wife. You would think that's what they would want to do. Unless they're guilty. But we're no experts. No, we're just two dummies sitting behind a mic and sharing information. When Russell finally did get home on Wednesday, there was no concern, no emotion, nothing really. Russell gave Burton permission to go into the house and look at whatever he needed for their investigation. Investigator Burton said Emma's husband has cooperated with police since the beginning of the investigation. Cadaver dogs were brought in the day after Emma was reported missing to search the area around her home. According to the police, this was done because it was protocol. During this point of the case, investigators do not know what happened, so the dogs helped tremendously. There was also ground searches and searches of the nearby ponds. However, none of these searches turned up anything useful. Early in the investigation, investigator Burton said there was questions as to whether Emma's disappearance had to do with drugs. But after three months, of disproving those theories, no connections were found to be credible. This was because Emma had been known to every this is because Emma had been known to every now and then do a line of meth. To put into perspective her overall general usage, a gram of it could last Emma a month or longer. She was not a constant user, nor was she strung out or an addict. If that is your take on this case after hearing the facts, then you should probably reevaluate your thoughts. There were leads that led them to a single person. This person had been saying that they had witnessed Emma do a line of meth once. This one witness came about only after interviewing and talking to over a hundred people. A hundred people, one person came out. Mm-hmm. I think that's crazy. I think that is a case of somebody knows something, but everybody's too scared to speak up. Oh, absolutely. When this came up, well, I want to ask Shauna if she knew anything about this. Which, Shauna admitted she knew Emma had started doing a little meth in December 2016. Armed with this new information, Wauna went straight to the captain of investigators for HCSD. When police came to Sylvia's home to ask questions about the case, she had not been out of the hospital maybe a week and starts questioning Shauna about drugs instead of first asking about information on Emma in general, which is definitely a little strange and very tunnel-visioned, if you ask me. As it would turn out, someone was telling law enforcement officers that Emma was this big drug dealer and that she'd left with a guy in a black SUV with New York plates. Then the story changed that Emma had gone off to Florida. For defamation's sake, let us just clarify this. Emma was nowhere near a drug dealer. As it was told to investigators, when Emma first bought the store, she was approached and asked about selling drugs out of the store, about all the money she could make. When asked if she would go through with the offer, Emma's exact words were, Hell no, I've got much to lose. Wait. Hell no, I've got too much to lose. Something else I find interesting with this different source claiming Emma was a dealer not once did the law enforcement flip the house or store. To me, in a true investigation, there's no way 
that the house shouldn't have been ripped apart from the basement to the roof. Oddly enough, if the police even found what they say they did, it would have had to have been planted. Russell admitted to law enforcement that the plants were his, and he was told by a deputy to pull it up and throw it away. As if what this family was dealing with was not heavy enough, another tragedy was about to strike. And it did on October 15th, about four months after Emma disappeared. Sylvia passed away when she was 89 years old. While Sylvia did have an illness as she was in the hospital, her children say her main cause of death was a broken heart. Sylvia died without knowing where her daughter was or what happened to her. Investigator Burton said there are no suspects or persons of interest in the case. To celebrate her, Emma's family and friends have held two candlelight vigils for her, but don't believe she will ever come home. Deep down, those who knew and loved Emma already knew in their hearts something was wrong. Though they had more than one candlelight vigil for Emma, Russell only ever attended one of them. Despite always hoping for the best in these situations, just five months after Emma vanished, their previously unfounded belief that she was no longer alive suddenly became everyone's reality. About five months later, on November 22nd, hunters found human remains in a heavily wooded area approximately 700 yards off Sandy Ridge Road, and Emma was found in what appeared to have been a very shallow grave. The location of the remains is less than a mile away and is adjacent to the property of one of the farms owned by Emma's husband, Russell Lane. At the time the remains were found, Halifax County Sheriff's Office Major Tommy Spencer told the news that the remains were scattered across the ground and someone seemed to have attempted to burn the body. According to a January 2018 press release by the Halifax County Sheriff's Office, the remains were transported to the Office of the Medical Examiner for Autopsy Examination and positive identification. Emma's family was called by the Sheriff Clark to have the news about Emma broken to them on November 27th. Emma had been positively ID'd by DNA. Her death is considered a homicide. The Office of the Chief Medical Examiner, Central District, released the cause of death for Emma Compton Lane as homicidal violence, including traumatic neck injury and the manner of death is homicide. Someone, maybe more than one someone, took Emma that night back in June. They moved her body onto someone else's property and threw her in the woods like trash. Emma was left in such a drab area, one that definitely did not suit the type of woman that she was. Family members had trouble coming to terms with what Emma went through, and especially after animals let nature take its toll. A sore fact both of Emma's sisters found out through news reports about exactly how Emma was found and what had been done to her remains by animals. With both of Emma's sisters finding out about the cause and manner of their sister's untimely death from a news report, they contacted investigator Jeff Burton right away. The news of the media release came as a shock even to Burton as he had no idea information was being released. The case took a turn around February 2018 when law enforcement realized they had been listening to the wrong informants. As it would turn out, someone close to the case gave law enforcement false information regarding one of Emma's sisters. Thanks to this misguided information, nothing one of the sisters said was ever taken seriously until 2018. 
To date, no one has been arrested and charged in connection with her death. But the sheriff's office and Commonwealth attorney, Tracy Q. Martin, maintained that resolving this case is of utmost importance. In this desperate search to find Emma's killer, Shauna arranged for Emma's face to appear on a billboard south of Brookneal on Route 501. Also on the billboard is the $10,000 reward the sisters are offering for information that leads to the arrest and conviction of Emma's murder case. When she asked why put the billboard there, her answer was very telling. It has been said in hushed tones throughout the community that law enforcement officers know who killed Emma, yet no one has ever been brought up on charges. It begs the question, is HCSD afraid of who killed Emma? Is someone being paid off for their silence in not solving Emma's murder? One day, the truth, whatever that may be, will set Emma free and you will all hear Emma roar. Thank you for listening to another episode of Lies and Alibis. If you have any information about Emma's case, or if anyone recalls seeing any suspicious vehicles or persons along Sandy Ridge Road anytime between June and November of 2017, please call the Halifax County Sheriff's Office at 911 or 434-476-3334. If you want to keep up with the case and see photos of the people we spoke about, follow us on social media. You can follow us on TikTok at Lies and Alibis, on Instagram at Lies and Alibis Podcast, and on Twitter, Lies Alibis POD.